Do you struggle to find answers to your pelvic health problems? Do you feel silenced in your quest to just feel better? Women, girls, sisters, if you have experienced infertility, PCOS, incontinence, painful periods, sexual trauma, and so much more associated with the pelvis, then Women's Pelvis Wellness is a place for you. Me and experts from around the world are joining here to get you the answers to the holistic health that you have been seeking. Please join us in being a pelvis wellness warrior. Thank you for joining us today. We have another special guest, Liza Lomax. Um, I've personally known Liza actually only about a year. I think I met you a year ago. Yep. It feels like much longer though. It feels like a lot longer than that. <laughs> it's no, it like does. we've known each other for like years. Yeah, we have known each other before. Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, just share a little bit with us about kind of your path and um, how you got to be the your body image coach. Oh, yes, body image coach. So people ask me that all the time. I was like, what does that mean? And I was like, well, you know, body image, um, we think is what we look like, you know, when we look in the mirror and what we see and what the, how we project out into the world, but it's really what's inside. So it's really um, about healing. What I do is heal the interior. I heal the interior so that you can have that confidence. So you can be comfortable in your own skin so that you can project your authentic self out into the world. Right. And um, so yeah, body image goes much, much deeper than just the outer exterior. It's really going inside and how I got into body image coaching is a long story, a long process. And a lot of times when somebody's in a work like this, um, there's usually a transformational story. There's usually a reason why specifically they they chose this specific um, niche, this specific, you know, profession. Um, so mine goes way back to my childhood and where most of our um, stuff comes from, our limiting beliefs and our behaviors and our habits and all those things that we carry on, you know, happen in our childhood. And mine started out, um, I was the oldest of four and um, my mother suffers from mental illness and whether she chooses to believe it or not, she does. And my stepfather um, was gone a lot and he worked a lot. <clears throat> and my father, my biological father, who I have a wonderful relationship with now, um, lives, is from another country. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yes. <laughs> He's from he another from? country. He's from Denmark. So oh, I'm, I'm well, half, that makes sense. I'm half Dane and half American, so, and I do have dual citizenship. Um, so, but growing up, I didn't, I didn't think that I had that dual citizenship, which is a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't pertain to this story, but I mean, it's, it's somewhere, yeah. you know, interweaved in there somewhere, but, sure. um, I didn't get to see him again until I was 10. Ugh. So I'm the oldest of four and I really became the pseudo parent. Um, I took care of my siblings. I got them ready for school. I took care of them. I helped them with their homework. I cleaned up, I picked up, I did everything. And, and so through the years, um, you know, I really struggled with, um, myself, my authenticity, find out who I was. You know, I, I really just put myself in a box and put myself off to the side, put myself on the back burner. I was like, okay, I'll take care of everybody else. So I became that people pleaser. I became that doormat. I became that caregiver of everybody else but myself. So I didn't learn to really love myself. I didn't learn how to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And which, you know, 
is a huge thing. We need to learn how to love ourselves. We need to learn how to care for ourselves, which is why I do what I do now. Um, so I started on this journey and um, I became very um, obsessed, obsessive compulsive about a lot of things, um, especially eating. And I went from um, being anorexic to being 300 pounds at 26. So I literally went from a size two to a size 22 from anorexia to binge eating and everything else in between. Um, you know, I, you know, I mean, when we're young, we're told we have to look a certain way and dress a certain way and act a certain way and be a certain way. And, and when we're out those ways, we try to fix them. And so we try to fix them over and over and over and over based on society, the people around us, our, our, our parents, which we can't blame our parents because our parents only learn from their parents' parents and so forth and so forth. And it's, you know, we can't blame how they, how they raised us. It's all that they have ever known. And so, um, I struggled with that. I struggled with, with eating disorders. Um, I also struggled with, um, being in the closet for being a medium, for being intuitive, um, for having these intuitive gifts. And I also struggled. I was also struggled with being in the closet for being gay. And so there was all these things that it was just like, I had to hold on to, I had to hide. I had to like, like I said, put myself on the back burner and be something right. completely different for everybody else. And by the time I was 26, like I said, I was 300 pounds and it escalated up to that. And I found food was a, was a healthy, was a not healthy, was unhealthy, um, um, emotional mechanism. You know, it was just like unhealthy. I would just eat. Yeah. It's a constant. It's always there. Always there. Um, you know, at a young age, it wasn't there because we, we, you know, I was, I lived in a household that was very scared, had a scarcity. It was very, um, lack of, you know, things If it was food put on the table, you had to eat it or you didn't get any kind of thing. And so the older I got, it's like, oh, well then I can buy my own stuff and buy my own things and you know, that kind of thing. So, um, 26, 300 pounds. Um, at the time I had a two year old, um, and the doctor told me I was going to die if I didn't lose weight. And I had, I was depressed. I had a lot of anxiety. I had, um, borderline diabetic. I had, you know, high cholesterol, um, high blood pressure, everything, you name it. I had so many underlying health issues and severely depressed, a lot of anxiety, a lot of OCDs. And, um, I was like, well, I'm going to live to see my son grow older. So again, choosing somebody else, not myself to take care of me. I want to, I want to live my, I want to live to see my son grow older. So I'll lose the weight. And so I lost 105 pounds in 13 months, but I didn't change my mindset. And so I continued to yo-yo over and over and over. And about five years down the road went by and I literally hit rock bottom. And some people hit rock bottom when it's ready to change. Some people don't, some people, you know, sometimes it just takes like this huge, like boom, you know, this like lightning bolt, this voice from God, this whatever, you know, whether you believe in God, higher source, higher, higher power, whatever it is you believe in. Sometimes it's sure. just like, you need this answer, this like boom, like says you need to change. And that's kind yeah. of what happened is I was addicted to diet pills. I was a heavy drinker. I did things in my body. Nobody should ever do to themselves. I had a lot of toxicity in my environment. I, I, had a lot of um, unhealthy uh, relationships, intimate and person, I mean, and friendship. I mean, just so much toxicity in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, whether you believe in God, higher source, higher power, I really believe that, you know, that I was just getting this voice from God saying, hey, you need to change. Something has to change. Something has to give. You have to learn how to love yourself. And I was like, well, how do I learn how to love myself? 
you know, yeah. I've never, I've never learned how to love myself. You it's know, I put myself all the time. Reparenting to myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I tell people all the time, like we have to reparent ourselves, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I really just, you know, I started on that journey of, of finding myself, finding who I was, finding my authenticity, finding who I was supposed to be, finding that person that I put in a box so long ago. And, um, you know, went out and, and studied every self-help book and every guru and anybody out there that I could get my hands on and um, went and got certifications in a multitude of different things. Because at that point, I knew that my mission in this world was to help other women learn to love themselves, to help other women right. learn to accept themselves, you know, to have that confidence, to have the authenticity, to be who they're really meant to be. Right. And, um, and I knew that that was my mission. So that's, I'm like, I knew I needed all these tools in my toolbox to be able to help whomever, however. Yeah. And so I've literally walked the walk. I talked the talk. I mean, I've, mm -hmm. I've been there, done that. I've struggled so many times over and over and over again. Um, you know, I've, I've, been that addicted to diet pills. I've been that addicted to so many different things in my life. I've had so many underlying health, health issues and I know what it takes to get to the other side. I know what it takes to get up that mountain, get back down, you know, to get on the other side. Right. And so now that's, that's been my mission is to just really help women, you know, like embrace themselves, love themselves. And it has nothing to do with the weight. You right. know, it's just a symptom. It has nothing to do with the weight. You can, you can diet, you can have the best nutrition, you can exercise and work out and work out, work out and be the best shape or whatever. But until you change up here, nothing is going to change. It's always going to be temporary. So the right. weight is just a symptom. It's what is really the problem? What's really the underlying issue? And it's always that not good enough story. It's yeah. always that we don't, we, we sit in that space where we don't think we're worthy. We don't think we're good enough. We don't think we're special. We don't think we're beautiful enough. We're not this, we're not that, we're not this, we're not that. It goes around and around in our head, like head trash. Yeah. And I uh, remember, well, and two, as you know, a heavy person, I've been having most of my life too, heavier. And it's very emotional when I lose weight because I yes. know that this weight is protecting me from feeling yeah. and as I lose the weight and I'm shedding that protection that physical protection like the emotion just bubbles out I remember I was on I was working out with a trainer right after I had my before I had my youngest son so this was probably 11 12 years ago and I was on the stair stepper and it wasn't the one where you just went up and down like you actually had to step it was a rotating step and I just started crying and I just couldn't stop. And I kept trying to like do the stepper. And she looked at me and she's like, well, it's about time. And we went in my, went in her office and I just remember like unloading. I, re I don't remember everything I said, but I remember thinking, this is so hard. What if I get to my goal and I can't keep it because it's so hard. So it was like, I already had myself failing before I even started, you know, and I'm a really strong person. And when I when I can lift, it, the weight comes right off. And I feel like I have to switch that mindset. Like there are mm -hmm. other ways to feel good than to just lift because now I physically can't lift because of a muscle issue, which is probably related to a food issue. So, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, it's a big cycle. So I'm trying to narrow down the food issue so I can lift and feel strong and feel powerful because I don't feel strong and powerful if I'm not lifting. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I tell I, yeah. women all the time that, that it's like, 
you know, you, you get on the program with me and you know, yeah, you, you will lose weight, but it'll be in a very odd way <laughs> right, be, right? because you, we, we hold on to our, mo we're told right away when we're kids, it's like, don't show your emotions. You gotta be emotionless. You know, yep. you gotta be seen and not heard. You can't Oh, especially, you know, people that identify as women. It's like, you, you can't be emotional. Oh, that's, that's, that's yeah. taboo. And then with guys, it's like, you can't show your emotions. You have to be tough. You have to be rough. You have to be the, the man of the house. Mm -hmm. And it's like, which is all BS. It really is. All of it is. Yeah. But it's like, we're so, can, we contain our emotions so much, so deep down inside of us. And, you know, when, when you start to go through the process with me, that those emotions come up. A lot of those emotions come up and the weight just literally falls off of you. Because that energetic and emotional stress is physically heavy. Yes. It's it is. physically heavy and you don't know what else to do. So when you class at the end of the night, you're just like, I'll just have a drink or I'll just have, you know, like last night I went to bed and I had a bowl of cereal before I went to bed. Knowing that I shouldn't drink dairy and knowing that I have almond milk in my fridge, I still picked up the dairy milk instead of the almond milk and I wasn't hungry. I just, I guess, wanted something before bed. And I was just like, girlfriend, you gotta stop doing this stuff. You know, like at least pick the almond milk. <laughs> and it just, and you it's, know? Just, it's just, it's just a void that has to be filled and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's right. just, it's just changing that mindset that, that is something that you don't really need. Does it bring you any joy? Does it do anything for you? Is it servicing you in any sh way, shape, or form? If it's and not, it does, but there's obviously another way to get there. Right. There's a healthier way to get there, right. you know, for right. sure. So it's it's so yeah. When women come to me all the time, they're like, "I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight." And it's like, okay, well, it's it's well, you'll lose weight, you know. But what's really the underlying issue? And it's. Yeah always that not good enough story, that not worthy story. It's all those emotions that they've been holding on to for so long. And, but then, and then there's some women that go through the entire process that are like, you know what? I am fine with myself. I don't need to lose the weight. I don't need to be, I am happy. And I love myself just the way I am. And they can look at themselves in the mirror naked and accept everything they see. Right. You know, that's yeah. one thing that I, you know, my tagline is like, can you look at yourself in the mirror naked and completely accept what you see? Yeah. Most people cannot. Most women yeah. cannot. They yeah, can't I've definitely themselves. I've definitely like challenged myself to do that. And that's funny because as I told you I'm running that love your body course. So that's what it's totally gonna focus on. With the goal to be that you can stand in front of a mere nude and love and appreciate every part of your body. Yes. And that's something too, like when I'm working with my fertility clients. You know, I tell them all the time that inner dialogue, that mindset is so crucial because what are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself that your body doesn't work right? Are you telling yourself that you just can't get pregnant? Are you telling yourself, you know, one more try, one more try, one more try? Like you're not, it's never going to happen because we can't heal ourselves in a physical level. If you're mm -hmm. only addressing the physical issue, you will never be healed. You will never, you may see periods of of improvement, but it'll never stay there right? because you have to attack it at the source. And the source is always energy and emotion because that's where the mindset comes from. And that's yep. where the, the energy, again, you know, I keep thinking about the belly because that's where I need, that's where most of my weight is that I need to lose mm -hmm. and that I would like to lose or release. Um, 
and shed. shed. Yeah, you don't want to lose it because then you could possibly find it, it again. Back. <laughs> we don't want to. We don't no. want to find it. Um, but yeah, I lost my train of thought. But anyways, it was super. Good. Well, I mean, that too, it's like, I, you know, when I had, um, you know, kind of comes into the play with the energetic, with the, with the yeah. belly and stuff, because when I had right. my son, um, my son was very large when he was born. Um, I, I didn't have any issues, no problems, no gestational diabetes, none of that stuff. It was just a normal pregnancy. It was just a big baby. And I already had a lot of the weight already on me prior to me having him. So I had to have him a C-section. I had to have a C-section and, um, because he was over, he was over 11 pounds. He was almost 23 inches long. Yes. (laughs) His head size was 15 centimeters. So there's no way in hell I was going to push that thing out. No way, you know, and it was a big baby. And so he was literally cut out of me. And, um, you know, that, there's still times where I'm like, I know energetically it's like, I mean, and I have, I have belly, I have an overlap, you know, I have, you know, from that, from that incision, from that cut, I know that I can improve it, but I haven't because it's like, I know that there's, there's some reason energetically why I haven't let that go, why I haven't released that. And he's 19 years old now. Well, I've had three, I had three C-sections. All the kids are born via C-section and you're always going to have that shelf. Because that's yeah. literally like, I mean, it literally created a shelf of scar tissue that it doesn't get rid of unless you actually do like a full on tummy tuck, which is going to cause a ton more scar tissue. Right, right. So, I mean, there's definitely that. Like, is it bad or is it just loose skin? You know, because I mean, that's just the way it is. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, it probably is just a combination of both, yeah. you know. But I tell but people, I've- especially when it comes to that, especially when it comes to childbirth, and this, I could go off on a tangent about this real easy, but we are traumatized around childbirth. Whether you have a normal pregnancy and a normal birth, it's 100% still traumatizing because of the way the medical system is set up. And I won't get into that because it's a lot of stuff. (laughs) You know, when you think of the energy transfer, so yes, the surgery was needed and yes, that is, it was a good thing. That's what you had to do. You then have the energy, you have to worry about the energy, well, not worry about it. You have to be cognizant of the energy of that entire surgical team. Because it's not just the surgeon. I mean, you are literally wide open and 100% vulnerable. Yeah. And every, the energy of that room, you do absorb. Plus, then you're dealing with all of those hormones that are new Mm -hmm. and wild. And then we're also dealing with a massive lack of support. Post-baby. Yeah. Your baby gets seen six times before you even are seen once. And they have you fill out a flimsy little questionnaire that we already know how to answer, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be truthful. So going to the hospital and having a baby seems like a wonderful, joyous time. And people don't realize later on down the road, the issues that they're having are literally related to that stuck energy from that trauma. Right, right, right. And it's still with, a trauma. It is. So it's needed. You know, I mean, and with the C-section, it's like, you can't, you can't lift over 10 pounds. Hello. Yeah. My, my child was 11, one when he was born. Yeah. I never bonded with him. Oh. I never bonded with him. Oh. I couldn't get down on the floor and change a diaper. I couldn't carry him. I couldn't hold the only way I could hold him. I couldn't breastfeed him. Cause the only way I could hold him was in the football hold, which is, was oh. extremely uncomfortable. 
Oh, I mean, I one, we actually. had stairs in the house. Yeah. We had stairs in the house, so I couldn't, I couldn't walk up yeah. the stairs. I had to sleep downstairs. So my, my partner at the time had to take care of the baby. And for the first three months that he was born, I didn't, there was no, I wasn't, it was like, I wasn't there. You know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't do that. So it's like, um, you know, there's still some energetic stuff around that. And it's like, but you know, I look at my belly now and I can still look at myself in the mirror and still be like fully embrace my body. Cause I'm yeah. like, that's my body. That's the body I have right now. And I'm going to love it regardless of whether I have a pooch as I call yeah. it a little pooch, a little yeah. pouch, or I have a little flap or I have a little bit of extra. It's like, that's, that's still, that's my body and I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to love it for, for now because I've yeah. gotten to that point in my life, but right. there's still some energetic stuff that I know that's still around it. For sure. Know? That, you know, hey, I mean, we're all works in progress. It's not going to happen instantly. Just because well, I do what I do doesn't yeah. mean that I've got it all figured out. And I'm going to, you yeah. know, I mean, I just, we all have Layer. things that comes up, layers upon layers upon layers. Yeah. We always are changing, evolving, and growing. Yeah. We're right. constantly in a progress. We're constantly learning. Well, and then too, you know, you have to think of, it's not just you. It's not just what you personally experience. It's, I mean, your whole entire environment. So what are people saying to you? I mean, I felt like a failure because I had C-sections and there were several yes. people in my life who completely supported that, you know, that thought process, even though they didn't say you were a failure. They're like, too bad you couldn't have a, too bad you couldn't have a normal birth. Mm -hmm. Too bad you couldn't have a natural birth. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to say, if you delivered in a hospital, you did not have a natural birth period, whether it right, came out right. of the belly or the vagina, like it's right. not a natural birth. Mm -mm. So, but it's like, you know, I have three kids, they're all healthy. You know, I mean, sure. We could go into, we could go into all the research about epidurals and all that stuff for down the road and how it affects you and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I had good, I have awesome, healthy kids and you know, I'm okay for the most part. So whether, you know, I mean, it's like someone who had a vaginal birth is not stronger than me, you know, and a lot of times the decision is taken out of your hands. Yeah. You don't know. It's like, well, he's desatting and this and that and we need to do a C-section. You're just like terrified and okay, well, save the baby. Like, right. you're not aware that there's even another option because nobody is telling you there's another option. Right. Or, right. You know, I mean, I was told right away. It was, the, I was told like five days prior that, Hey, we're going to have to schedule a C-section anyways. Like there's no way, there was no way I was going to be pushing him out anyway. So we already had that already set up. So it was already pre-decided, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you know, after, after having him, it was like, I, like I said, I didn't bond with him. I didn't have any kind of bonding with him. I didn't get to do all those normal things. And so yeah. I thought I was a failure for oh. years and yeah. years. Yeah. And you know, that was something I had to get over and something I had to work through and, and right. change that mindset because it's like, oh, I'm not a good enough woman or good enough person or good enough mom or good enough, whatever, whatever label you want to put on it. Mm -hmm. You know, I had those mindsets that I wasn't, I wasn't good enough. Right. Good enough. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had to work through all that stuff and we always have, we, it always comes down to that, that one, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not special enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not this, I'm not that. And not, you know, not none of this stuff, but we, right. we have that going through our heads constantly over and over again. Right. So when you work with women, um, cause like you say, you're a body image coach and you do a lot of other things too, but when you work with women, is there kind of like 
a general program that you kind of have or is it is it very geared like do you change things with each single person or how do you kind of do that what does it look there's, like? there's a general model to it yes there's a general model but you know everybody is different and what works for one person isn't going to work for another and right. so there's always some interweaving of different things like um all my intuitive gifts like if they need healing if they need intuitive work if they need any of that stuff that is all interweaved in the coaching um yeah. so that you know that that comes comes with it too so i mean one person might be dealing with a passive aggressive person and the other person might be dealing with um the loss of a loved one you know yeah. and is and, and is carrying grief that is is taking on a toll on them emotionally and that's why they're holding on to things mm -hmm. so every single person is different but there is a general um you know model to my my program and my program derives from my own personal experiences right well so i know it works <laughs> i mean yeah. and it's worked for so many other people <laughs> right. so well and i think that that's at, like you had stated earlier you know when you're a healer you tend you tend to heal people what you needed healing from Right. And you created a program because you had to figure out a program because it wasn't out there. Right. You know, which is how I kind of figured out, you know, what I'm doing too is again, what has kind of helped me and what I find, you know, is the most beneficial for my clients. Um, and everything you're saying, you know, the worthiness, the confidence, all of that stuff is right there and, you know, chakra energy wise. It's yeah. right there in the, in the pelvic and abdominal area, yep. which again is usually where people carry the majority of their weight. Mostly, you know, women who are, or people who identify as women, yeah, carry it that in the last, yeah, the last three chakras down. I've yes. seen some boys, some guys. Some boys too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'm like, how, like literally, I remember being a little girl and thinking, how is that man walking? Oh. Like, I mean, he looks so giant to me that I thought he should fall forward. <laughs> Right. I just think, dang, like the stress on your body, you know, and now that I'm older and I can look and just, you know, I mean, just the stress on your back, like it's never going to be healthy because it's so, you know, strained. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was having back issues. I mean, this is kind of a different tangent, but yeah. I had um, for back issues for like, I mean, 10, 12 years. And, um, you know, I had, I went through PT and, and they said, oh, I have three herniated discs and then my lower back. And I went and had an MRI and I went through PT and did all this stuff and everything. And it would like, every, it was like once a month or not, not even once a month. It would be like every once in a while, it would just like, it would just flare up, it would flare up and flare up. And I'm like, mm -hmm. why am I having these, you know, oh, I would just, it would be so debilitating. I mean, back issues are so debilitating yeah. and, um, it was energetic it was something that I was holding on to. Yeah. And once I released it, never again. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? It's like, and I don't believe that. It's like, I'm not going to believe that the doctors tell me that I have this. I'm not going to believe that this is what's going on. Cause this is not what's going on. Right. You know, this is, this is, this is very deep down in, we're energetic beings. Right. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Right. Everything that we go through, everything that's, it's all entangled in energy. Everything it really is everything that we deal with it's all energetic that's why most of us feel really good when the sunshine is out because it's yep. energy right mm -hmm. we feel better when we're you know around people that are happy and supportive versus people who are like you know debbie downers like that is the energy that they bring 
Mm-hmm. You know, you, so you get in a group and you're, awesome. yeah, you're talking to people that are like sad and depressed and are angry or lonely or whatever. And you leave that place thinking, oh my God, I'm sad and lonely and depressed and angry. Right. Why am I having these emotions? Well, you just spent like 15, 20 minutes or maybe two hours with somebody who is the biggest Debbie Downer in the world or the biggest yeah. narcissist or whatever it is, you know, you, you take, you took on that energy and you yeah. wonder why we feel like crap after some of these encounters with people. You know, I call them yeah. energy vampires because yes. that's what they do. They suck the life out of us. Yeah. Yeah. They don't yeah. even realize some people don't even realize it though. Right. Yeah, they definitely don't. And it, I mean, it can be super frustrating, you know, when you're, when you have a person, because the thing is you have to have a mindset that, that you're, you're open and ready to change. So, so many times, and you've probably had this too, where people come to you and they're so sick and tired of being sick and tired and they just want to feel better, but they don't necessarily do the work unless you're in front of them. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, when you come to my office, I can work on you, but what are you doing outside of this office? You know, that's, that's helping you. So it's like, do you really want to change or are you just going to take what I'm giving you during the session? You're going to drain me during the session. Well, they don't cause I know how to not allow that now, but mm-hmm. you know, and then you're going to go out in the world. You're going to be feeling great. I'm going to be tired the rest of the day, but that energy is only going to help you feel good for a couple of days. You know, like you've got to do 90% of the work is you on your own. And the other 10% is, you know, your coach or your mentor helping you learn the tools. Right. Yeah. Mine's all online. So it's like, you're, you're paying me to coach you. You're paying me to walk you through these steps, to get you through these things, to get you from, from A to B and wherever you want to be. And if you're not doing the work, things are not going to happen. It's not my fault. It's not put on me. It's put on you. I mean, if you're not doing the work, so you gotta, you gotta want to do the work. You gotta want to have the change. You gotta want to have to have this happen. You gotta want it, want it bad enough that you're like, okay, I'm going to do this for myself, not for anybody else, for myself, because I Mm -hmm. have to do this. I can't go in my 60s, 70s and 80s and still worrying about what I look like in the mirror. Yeah. And it's interesting because, so I just, um, I had a phone. Um, I, I give people, um, a 20 minute, like free discovery call. And I was talking with this woman and it was regarding, um, fertility and her and her husband have been trying, you know, for a while. And she said he hasn't had any testing done yet. And she said, he's so supportive of me. Like, I don't want to ask him to do something that's going to make him feel less than. Like if he can't provide everything for me, I don't want him to make, to feel less than because he's so supportive of her. And I said, he's half of the equation. Like we need to get testing done. But it was interesting because she's like, I just don't want him to feel like he's not enough for me. And I said, do you feel like you're enough for you? And she was like, totally quiet. And she said, well, I don't know. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And I said. By asking him to get his sperm tested, that's not saying you're less than, you know, you're not a full man. That's saying we need the complete picture because if we both truly want this, we both truly need to be involved, you know? But it was interesting, again, outside, like thinking of, you know, thinking Mm -hmm. of that. But it's really not the outside. It's really her, she's projecting that out. She's thinking that it's her husband, but she's really just projecting that out into the world. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing when I tell 
um, in a way when, you know, when we project things out into the world about things, um, you know, I tell women, it's like, okay, if you've been telling yourself you're ugly, fat, stupid, and disgusting your whole life. Yeah. And you go out one day and somebody compliments you. First of all, you're never going to accept that compliment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because your subconscious is going to say, wait a minute. You told us that you're ugly, fat, stupid, and disgusting our whole lives. And what you tell us, conscious mind, we believe to be true. So this is a subconscious saying this. So anytime your conscious mind says something, your subconscious believes it to be true every single time. So if you've been telling yourself you're ugly, fat, stupid, and disgusting your whole life, then you're going to be constantly reminded of that. And so mm -hmm. somebody will compliment you and you'll be like, oh no, this dress is too tight. It's, it's faded. It just looks ugly. I'm too fat. I, I've gained some weight. I just, I don't really like it. It doesn't feel comfortable on me. Ah. And you find all these excuses and all these ways not to accept that compliment right. because you've been telling yourself these over and over and over again. So you mm -hmm. can't ever accept a compliment. You can't ever believe a compliment from somebody else because you don't believe it yourself. Right. You have to believe it yourself. You have to tell your subconscious that you're beautiful, brilliant, amazing, lovely yeah. over and over and over and over again, because you've been, you told yourself your whole life so far that you're ugly, fat, stupid, and disgusting. So you have to rewire that, that habit, that thought, yeah. thought that pattern. You know, I so tell you're this never story. Gonna accept that compliment. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to say anything, but thank you. Right. Thank you. Just say thank That's you. I gotta say. Thank you. <laughs> but I tell this story all the time. Um, when I was pregnant with my daughter, we wanted to find out the sex. We didn't find out with, with the first or the third, but we wanted to find out with the second one for whatever reason. And I was in the ultrasound room with a goop on my belly and it was very obviously a girl. And, um, the ultrasound tech said, well, you know, I can't give definitive without blah, blah, blah. But she goes, it, it's a girl. And in that moment, I was like, I was happy for about 10 seconds. And then I sat there and I prayed that she would look like her father. So she'd be pretty, mm. you know, and she looks just like her dad, <laughs> you know, and she acts just like me. And she tells me like, I'll tell her that she's pretty. And she'll say, well, of course I am. I look just like you. <laughs> she says it all the time, you know, or she'll just say, mom, I like your face, you know? <laughs> and, and, you know, like, Sometimes you just kind of goofy and you say that to your friends, like, I like your face or I miss your face. But she genuinely, you know, she genuinely means it. And she says it to me when I look completely frumpy, you know, probably have a stray whiskers, some pimples, you know, hair hasn't been washed for a couple of days. And she's like, you're so pretty. I like your face. And I'm like, oh, you're so pretty. And I like your face. Because she knows that you need that. that. She knows in that yeah. moment that you need that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I clearly have come very far from that. I don't, right. that. I don't believe that anymore, but she definitely looks like her dad, <laughs> which was already predetermined before I said my prayer. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, it was just like, how freaking sad is that? Because honestly, when I was going in that part of my life, I didn't really feel beautiful unless I was pregnant, you know, because I'm like, well, pregnant ladies are supposed to be big, <laughs> you know? And I mean... And I was not ever like a hair and makeup girl. And then I got pregnant and I can wear all these cute dresses and show off my belly. And I just, yeah, I felt totally different than I felt any other time. Um, but like I said, I've done the work so I can, you know, I don't feel like a, you know, goddess every day, even though I know I am. 
<laughs> you are a total you know, goddess. But I mean, it's Rock definitely come a long way. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't want, I don't ever want a woman or anybody to feel, I don't ever want anyone to feel like that. Because right. it's like such a shitty, awful feeling to sit there and find out you're having a girl and being like, oh God, if she looks like me, this is going to be hell. You know? And I'm sure you're probably, you're not the only one that's thought that too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm definitely sure. So yeah, it's, it's, it does. It hurts my heart a little when I, when I hear that, you know, when I hear yeah. people doing that or when I hear like, you know, um, the words that we say to ourselves, the words that we say, how we say it, how we internalize it, how we project it on the world have just such a huge impact on everything around us, not just us inside, but everything else around us. It's like, I have seen toddlers get on scales and say, mommy, I'm fat. And I'm like, where are they learning that from? They're learning that from the mother. That's, that's deeply sad. That's very sad to hear that. I mean, I've, it was, I mean, it was my own niece. I mean, I, I know I've, I've heard it, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Wait, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. So th- the words that you say to yourself on a daily basis, everything you say to yourself internally, externally have a huge impact on everything or everybody around you, everything right. around you. So right. it's like, put yourself in check. So if you have, if you have, you know, children, you're, you know, and you're saying these things to yourself, you're, they're hearing these things, whether they, whether they hear it verbally or internally or the energy, they feel it. Right. They'll know these words. They'll, they're going to hear these words and they're, you're going to continue that cycle on and on and on. So breaking that cycle now and saying, nope, this is, I'm not going to do this anymore to myself. I'm not going to say these things to myself anymore. I'm going to break the cycle. I'm going to make the change. I'm going to change these mindsets. I'm going to get healthy mm-hmm. so that my children and my children's children and my children's children after that do not have this continuing cycle going around and around and around over and over and over again. One thing that helped me was really um, writing positive um, affirmations Mm -hmm. on sticky notes and putting them on the mirror, like positive affirmations about my looks. The other thing too is that Abraham Hicks has something called the focus wheel. Mm -hmm where you put your intention, your goal in the center. So that's where you want to be. That's not where you are yet. But then around the focus wheel, you write all of these things that you currently are that's leading you to that space. So like you can say something like, I really would love to have a tone fit, healthy body. I don't have that yet, but I really enjoy fruits and vegetables. I, and that's going to help, you know, that's going to help me get there. I really enjoy, you know, hula hooping. It's so fun and it's a good workout. Yeah. You know, I love hula hooping. Yeah. Or, you know, like those positive things. I really enjoy cooking nutritious meals for my kids and I. So Mm -hmm. it's really interesting because it's, it's honoring where you are while traveling to where you want to be. So it's almost like a softer thing. Like, I am thin. I am fit. I am healthy. I can say that 5 million times a day and look in the mirror and it's, it's not there. You know, it's not there yet. So honoring where you are while you're moving to where you want to be, I think is really wonderful, you know? And then back to the inner dialogue too. I tell people all the time, write down the things that you think about yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to yell them to your chit, to your kids. Yell them to your kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to do that. 
No one's ever done it. And no. they look at me like I'm an insane person. Well, then don't do it to yourself. Right. Stop saying that to yourself. Right. Because again, right. they may not hear you say that, but they're going to feel your energy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. Yes. I love it. So, Liza, do you, I don't know if you have any programs coming up or if you just want to share with people how they can get a hold of you. Um, I have a few different things if you don't mind me sharing. So, um, first of all, this, this month is actually suicide awareness month, um, and mental health. And, um, I have me and another person are hosting a mental health and wellness conference next month, October 19th through the 25th. It's called mentally charged. And it's, we have 20, over 20 plus speakers speaking a multitude of different things, experts in their fields and in their expertise on a, just a multitude of different things that revolve around mental health and wellness. And um, it's, if you um, want to know more about it, just go to mentallycharged.net. You can look up all the speakers, you can look up their topics, you can look up when their videos will be on. So it's just, it's a, it's an online video conference and you have access to all the videos, um, all the information every single day. We have certain speakers. We have four speakers that speakers videos that'll be added on to that, um, to that day. And, um, so it's the 19th through the 24th. And then we also have an LBGTQ panel that'll be talking about mental health and wellness in the communities as well. So I have that. Um, to get a, get a hold of me, um, I always offer a free session. So it's always, you know, I always want to make sure that it's a match for you and it's a match for me. So if anything that um, you heard me say today, you know, resonated with you and you want to take that next step, you can go to talkwithliza.com. Super easy. Talk to Liza.com. Schedule really a free cute. session. I always, I always, always, always offer a free session. And then you can find me pretty much on any social media sites. I'm on, you know, Facebook and uh, Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn and Alignable and pretty much everywhere you can find me. And if you just type in Liza Lomax, L-I-Z-A-L-O-M-A-X, you'll find me. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here today. Yes. And thanks everyone for listening. Definitely reach out to um, Liza or myself if you have any questions. Um, I can certainly connect you to her too if, you know, for some reason, you know, you need me to go through me or whatever. Um, thank you again. Thank and you. Yeah. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for joining me today on Women's Pelvis Wellness, where you can be heard. Because remember, if you're not being heard, you're not being helped. Please join my Facebook group by the same name, Women's Pelvis Wellness, and join a community of women who are there for you to support you, guide you, and love you through your pelvic health struggles. Also, this is a great place to check out my new class schedule. Thank you for joining me in becoming a pelvis wellness warrior.